Welcome to the Breathful Podcast. I'm Adriana Lozada, and today we're going to be talking about preparing to breastfeed. Although about 80% of mamas start off breastfeeding by three months, only about half of them are exclusively breastfeeding. So what vital information should you know before baby arrives to increase your breastfeeding success? Cindy Leclerc tells us more. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by Natural Breastfeeding and their free quick start video which shows you a simple technique to prevent nipple pain and the easiest way to help your newborn latch and for you to produce enough milk for your baby. Go watch it at naturalbreastfeeding.com. This episode of Birthful is also brought to you by Megan Othling, a birth doula in Albuquerque who is all about offering women the information and support they need to make their own empowered birth choices. Learn more at womanofvalorbirth.com. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, Mighty Mamas and Mamas-to-be and Mighty Dads and Dads-to-be. Thank you so much for listening and for all the love you give the show. I truly, truly appreciate all your comments, requests, and of course your reviews since those help get the show in front of even more parents. So if you enjoy what you hear, then please, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes, even if that's not how you usually listen to it. It really helps. Before we jump into the show, I want to give a shout out to Megan Othling for helping to bring this episode into the world. Megan is a birth doula in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and if you want to check out more of what Megan does, then go to womenofvalorbirth.com. And if you want to help bring an episode of Birthful to all the mighty listeners out there, then go to birthful.com slash Patreon to find out more. While you're there, grab a copy of my postpartum preparation worksheet. It's awesome and it's free. All right. My guest today is Cindy Leclerc, who is a registered nurse and international board certified lactation consultant with over 20 years of experience helping families get started with breastfeeding. Cindy and her, and her colleague, Jana Stockham, have a wonderful website filled with great resources at cindyandjana.com, where they also answer new parents' questions. Cindy, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here on the show today. It is definitely an honor. Well, it's an honor for me, Adriana. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. And so why are we doing this episode? Why is it important to prepare for breastfeeding? Isn't just a natural thing that just happens, as she says in a leading question. <laughs> well, and, you know, like, luckily, most of it is a natural thing that we don't have to do a lot of preparation. I mean, that part's awesome that our bodies do the work for us, right? But I guess I've worked well, for over 20 years, as you mentioned, with new families. And I've seen that there are some points that trip people up um, when they're learning to breastfeed with their newborn. And I think that there's some things that it's important to talk about and some things that are important to prepare for. So we don't, people don't have to have a PhD to learn to breastfeed. But I think there's just a few little things that are going to make life a lot easier with their newborn. Mm -hmm. To get a bit of a heads up. And it is, it makes sense if... You know, it is a traditional natural thing, but we just are not really exposed to it that much. As That is true. And I think that's where it gets, because we know very little about it, unless we do some research and prep ahead of time, it can get tricky. So I'm really excited to talk to you about this today. Mm -hmm. What are those things that you recommend that they know ahead of time? 
Okay. So f- the first thing I'd like to talk about is that I think it's important that people realize breastfeeding is not necessarily going to be really easy at the start. That's going to take them a little bit of time to learn. It definitely gets easier. And, you know, you mentioned that uh, people maybe haven't seen people breastfeeding. Often the people who with the real newborns are at home, right? They're not um, in front of a lot of people so that maybe people see, you know, two and three month old that are just quickly popped on the breast and mom goes on talking and doing whatever else. And so maybe they don't see that in those early days, it does take some time. Um, Mom's learning, baby's learning. And I think that is quite a surprise to some people. They've said, gosh, you know, I, I knew I needed to learn about the birth and I prepared for how to get through labor. But I wish that I'd actually learned about breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. I had a lovely talk with a friend yesterday, and I hadn't seen her in a while. And I remember she had a rocky start to her breastfeeding. And she was just telling me that her child weaned almost at two years old. So it was a rocky start, right? And mm-hmm. and, and it was tough. And she had birth circumstances that didn't quite help the situation. Mm-hmm. And yes. I was so happy for her that she stuck to it, made it happen. And like you're saying, it's hard at the beginning, but you can get through it. And newborns don't quite breastfeed as easily as older babies because, you know, developing their jaws and and they're all kind of instinct at that point. So it makes sense that to to make sure people know that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always like to talk about the study and I've heard it mentioned in some of your other podcasts, that study that said that 92% of people with three day old babies say that they have a breastfeeding problem. And I think that that is really key information for people to have. So most people that are listening to that podcast, when they have a three-day-old, are going to feel like, "Uh oh, I have a problem. But that doesn't mean it's insurmountable. It doesn't mean that breastfeeding is not going to work. That I think it's just important to know that because it's new for mom and baby, because you're both recovering from birth, um, that you're going to feel that way. Yeah, yeah. So heads up. It's good. It can be rocky, but you'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. And there's some things that they can do to make that learning time easier. And I'm really on a mission to talk to all expectant moms about this, is that really making a plan for how they want that postpartum time to look in terms of uh, visitors that are surrounding them. Because in this time, as they're recovering from birth and learning to breastfeed, it's also a time that Everybody wants to see your new baby and congratulate you. And it's really important that families think through how they're going to manage that. Because there's there's people you can have around you that are there to help you and they're going to do the cooking for you and the cleaning and, and help you manage your life. And then there's the people that you might feel you have to clean your bathrooms and cook uh, some food for them and make coffee. And that's the kind of company that maybe you need to put off a little bit because I see I hear that over and over from families that they just get too much company, too much visitors that they have to entertain in those early days. And um, I was just watching your video just today, uh, your uh, video about what the newborn period is like and why you can't get can't a, shower. a shower. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's it's it's dead on. It's it's a great one. If and if anybody who's listening to the podcast hasn't watched that, I'd really encourage them to watch it because I think just knowing how busy you are with those tasks with the newborn um, helps to understand that it's difficult to actually find a little slot for visitors where you're not giving up maybe some of your precious 
ability to rest or even maybe have a bath. And and even figuring out your newborn, because that tiny, tiny tummy is the size of a marble and it empties out quick. So, you know, yeah. they need to feed like what every two to three hours. I like to stress the point that every two to three hours includes the feeding. It's yes. from start of feeding, more or less, to start of feeding. And obviously, it's better to just go with your baby's cues and feed on demand. And that might be not every two, every two to three hours, but that's like the average. Yes. And we find parents are telling us they're feeding 10, 14, 16 times a day. Mm-hmm. When you're just really paying attention to your baby's cues, yeah, you're, you're going to be feeding a lot. <laughs> yeah. And if you have visitors, it, that can cut into that time of you paying attention to your baby's cues and then baby didn't eat so well or got overstimulated. And oh my goodness, are you going to pay for it that night? <laughs> We see that over and over. The company thinks they're helping because they hold the baby and the baby sleeps and they feel like they're helping you have a little break from the baby. But what they don't see is, like you said, that baby being awake really, really often that night. Mm-hmm. And and being like really hungry and wanting to eat, but so tired they fall asleep and then they didn't eat and they cry again. And I mm. remember those nights. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's been many years. Mm-hmm. So, okay. First, they need to know that breastfeeding takes a little bit of time and to manage their um, visitors, make sure their helpers, don't call them visitors, mm-hmm. <laughs> make them help. What else do they need to know? Okay, I think it's such a nice, beautiful, simple one that skin-to-skin contact with your newborn will help your baby learn to breastfeed. And I I just love that one because I think it's instinctive for new moms to want to just reach out as soon as that baby's born and bring that baby to themselves. And lo and behold, the World Health Organization has actually found that that is actually helpful and that they now recommend that babies be put directly on mom's chest after birth and left there for at least an hour uninterrupted. And studies have actually compared babies that are put skin to skin with mom immediately after birth and those that are taken and checked and come back to mom all nice and swaddled up. And sure enough, the babies that are put skin to skin with moms actually learn to breastfeed sooner. So I think that's just such a simple way um, to get breastfeeding off to a good start. And Cindy, why is that? Why is it that a baby that's put skin to skin, as opposed to a baby that's wrapped in a swaddle, also being held by mom? Why is it that the one skin to skin learns, excuse me, learns to breastfeed earlier? Well, and I'm not certain of all the reasons, but I just think if you think about your baby for a minute, coming out of that nice protected womb, suddenly is feeling cold for the first time and loud noises and being poked and prodded and there's bright lights. When that baby's brought to mom and and they are able to smell similar smells to the womb, they hear mom's heartbeat, uh, they can feel warm and enclosed by the mother's body. I just think that that helps with that transition. And, and I think from that standpoint, it makes sense to me that babies learn to breastfeed. Plus, they're actually, you could say, put in the kitchen then, right? They're close to the breast and the breast is uh, more readily available to them as opposed to if they're bundled in blankets, they're not as close to mom. Mm-hmm. I've heard the breastaurant more than once. The which? <laughs> the breastaurant. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Very tongue-in-cheek. Um, yeah, and uh, another thing that I've, I've encountered with that swaddle is that babies that are swaddled just because they're, especially that hospital swaddle, it's like three swaddles and they're super cocooned and with the hat, yes. like that kicks in their sleeping instincts. So, yeah, that's probably true, yes. Yeah, so they're not so ready to, you know, engage with breastfeeding. And I've had the experience where, because, so yes, the, the World Health Organization recommends um, and we know all the benefits of skin to skin during that first hour. I think it's important to tell moms too that babies are resilient, and if it's not like if they don't get that first hour, all bets are off. Like they can yes. recreate that moment. A hundred percent. You know, I do a lot of work with Jana Stockham, another lactation consultant here in the city I live in, and she told me the story of a baby that she worked with who had this mom had had quite a traumatic birth definitely no skin to skin was possible at the time of delivery and her baby had to go to the neonatal intensive care unit and got some formula in bottles there and when Jana saw this family about oh, it was about a week baby was about a week old and still ha- had not yet latched to the breast so the mom had done a lot of pumping and was just pretty heartbroken that this hadn't happened yet um and and this mom had had a house full of company and oh, one of her relatives' dog was even there and it was, it was difficult. So that, every, all the company was going home and that mom said to Jana, I am just going to spend the weekend in bed with my baby. I missed out on that skin to skin. I'm just going to recreate it. I'm doing that. And it was so lovely because it was the mom's idea. And when Jana was in contact with her after that weekend, the baby was breastfeeding. Mm-hmm. So I love your idea that, yes, we don't have to be heartbroken if it doesn't occur right at the beginning. We can recreate it. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love that you also mentioned the, that 24-hour sleep cure, that lying in, um, that I've first, the first person I ever heard talk about this was Penny Simkin, um, her 24-hour cure of just, if things aren't going great for some reason postpartum, at any point, just schedule it so that you can spend a day and get help and everything like properly schedule it so you can spend the day in bed skin to skin you know top off baby in a diaper Mm -hmm. and just spend the whole time in bed and that is so simple Mm. and as, as you were saying can make such a difference in getting things back on track I love that because I think our moms are often, you know, being busy working at jobs and whatever, and they're feeling like they've been productive and maybe they've been filling their freezers with casseroles and suddenly they feel like they're being lazy maybe if they spend that time just laying with baby. But I think that's huge. That's a a new mom's work, really. Absolutely. And um, in terms of the, the story that I was remembering of that, the baby that had, didn't get immediate skin to skin this was a baby that the mom had a cesarean so by the time baby was and mom was kind of alert and it had been over an hour an hour and a half almost two hours and when baby came to mom baby was so sleepy and super swaddled and just you know it seemed like it was going to be a challenge and we got that baby unwrapped and mom picked baby up and put skin to skin and just hung out there just skin to skin and that triggered baby's instincts and suddenly Mm. he was up and head was bobbing and Mm. he was looking around and got latched on and was feeding and I remember the nurse the new the I don't know if it was the pe- the pediatric nurse um, came around and she says, "Oh my good, he's on. That's fantastic." And she mentioned, "I didn't think he was going to do it." 
because of how sleepy he was, quote unquote, being so swaddled. So I love these stories that, Mm. you know, show you the power of, like you say, the simplest things, skin to skin. And I I think that there's a wide variety, if, if people are delivering in hospital, a wide variety of practices around skin to skin and maybe especially with cesarean sections. Um, you know, I think the hospital that uh, is in my city that does the deliveries, they're starting to put even babies born by cesarean skin to skin. So I think it's a great if um, if people hear this podcast and they're, that's something they're wanting to try, I'd really encourage them to talk to their healthcare providers about their wishes around that. And maybe if mom's not able to have the baby skin to skin, could baby go skin to skin with dad um, immediately or with the partner uh, immediately at birth. Mm, absolutely. Yes. And that is also a great way because it's not limited to those first days or if you're in the hospital first days of the hospital, you can do that skin to skin for a long time after. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely. Yeah. Partners can take advantage and, and join in the fun of just cuddling with baby that way, too. Well, and, you know, one other thing about skin to skin that I wanted to mention is that um, there's some research that suggests it actually helps with milk supply. And the one I was actually looking at, it was examining babies that were actually really small and ventilated. So these were probably babies in a neonatal intensive care unit. Uh, but they found that it actually doing that skin to skin care helped mom's milk volumes. So I think I haven't read research about term babies, but I think it makes sense that um, it can help with milk volume because probably when babies are kept skin to skin, we're probably feeding more often, right? Because we are sensitive to the baby's cues that they're starting to wake up. Mm-hmm. And and close, like you said, closer to the breast and mm-hmm. smelling the the scent of both the milk and, and how the glands smell like amniotic fluid. So they're more attracted mm-hmm. to it. All those beautiful things that nature puts in place <laughs> to make mm-hmm. it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what other thing do they need to know in terms of preparing for breastfeeding? Okay, so the third thing I like to tell to expectant uh, women is that you don't have to endure painful nipples. Pain, like there's a lot of people that maybe tell their horror stories about how their nipples were cracked and bleeding and almost fell off. And just that, yes, sometimes that happens for people, but it's not something, pain is a symptom or is a signal to your body that something's not quite right. And so we don't expect that people are going to have to have endure toe curling pain um, throughout breastfeeding. Nipples, it's common for them to feel tender um, when you're breastfeeding, but you shouldn't have to hold your breath and curl your toes and bring your shoulders up to your ears. Um, Something is not quite right if you're having to have that kind of pain. And we really encourage women to seek help. Uh, Babies don't breastfeed on the nipple right, which we can imagine that would cause a lot of pain, but they should be breastfeeding deeper back actually on the breast. And I think if you take a minute to just feel with the tip of your tongue, feel the roof of your mouth and kind of run your tongue back on the roof of your mouth, you'll feel that there's a spot where it goes from being kind of hard to being a bit softer. And that's about, we call that the junction of the hard and soft palate. And that's about how far back your nipple should go in baby's mouth when they're breastfeeding. So the the babies are should have it quite deep in their mouth. 
And now we are all the listeners, everyone <laughs> looking for their soft and hard palate. Their tongues. I love it. Um, yeah, it needs to be a really deep latch. And if not, you can get, that's when the problems occur of the pain and, and, and blisters and, you know, cracked nipples and all that. Mm-hmm. So it, I guess if baby's on the breast and you're feeling kind of that toe curling pain, um, it's good to know how to take a baby off the breast, right? Like, so if baby's suctioned on there and you just go to pull baby off, right, that can cause some damage because babies got generally have pretty good suction. So if you need to take the baby off the breast, you can simply just put your finger in the corner of their mouth and you'll hear the little pop of suction and do that, release the suction before you take baby off the breast and then uh, give it a go of, of having baby latch again. Mm-hmm. Hugely important. Release the the pressure before before detaching mm-hmm. yes i love that mm-hmm. recommendation go ahead and if if when baby comes off the breast the nipple should look rounded and pulled out but if you notice it looks like a fresh tube of new lipstick kind of flattened on one side or there's a pressure mark or a red stripe across it that's a sign that there's a little bit too much pressure and maybe you need to get a little bit of help um, helping you figure out how you can get your baby on deeper yeah. I I always say, you know, don't hesitate to contact a certified lactation consultant mm-hmm. because right away, as soon as there's something that's not quite right, don't just go, oh, I'll give it a few days because they can really help you pinpoint what's going on and then say a latch problem doesn't turn into a latch problem and a, you know, crack nipple problem and a milk supply problem and like those can easily quickly snowball Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I do want people to know actually there was a Cochrane study done Um, so Cochrane study looks at all the studies that have been done and then makes recommendations based on that and in 2014 there was a study and it said that regardless of the treatment most nipple pain becomes mild by about seven to 10 days. So I think that's another important part, right? That it's going to get better. You know, you're not always going to have pain. And I think that's so important. A lot of people uh, feel maybe they should have a tube of some kind of nipple cream or something to heal it up. But that same study showed that really just using a few drops of your own milk and letting them air dry was as effective or more effective than the creams you can buy. Yes. (laughs) that's another one that I love just air dry it depends on how cold it is but if you can air dry your nipples just like air drying baby's bum right to avoid rashes Mm -hmm. same thing Mm -hmm. yay what other thing I know we had a list I think you had mentioned a list of about six things right yeah okay so number four uh, thing is I think it's really helpful to know some basics about positioning and latch we've talked about latch I guess a minute ago uh, to know some of those basics before baby comes because you're going to spend a lot of hours a day breastfeeding I'm guessing probably 10 or more hours a day are going to be spent actually uh, breastfeeding so we want moms to be comfortable and you know I love and I know you've talked about a lot the laid-back position where mom is leaning back probably at least at about a 45 degree angle so that she doesn't have to hold the baby up and then baby's skin to skin with mom and latches on uh, by himself and I love that position I think it's so empowering to moms babies generally love being skin to skin with their moms and um, so that's one wonderful position to learn about Um, 
If that one doesn't feel comfortable to you, no problem. There's lots of other positions you can feed in. Um, I really think there's no one right position. I think every mom's shaped a little differently. Every situation's a little differently. And I think you find the one that works for you. The right one is the one that works for you. Some moms have said to me, oh, but, um, you know, I heard that I have to do like these three different positions. So I'll drain all parts of the breast. And I think nobody told the cave women they had to do that. And, you know, their babies did really well. So I think just find the one that works for you and baby. And that's great. Um, I like people to have lots of options. Um, I do love the laid back position. But I've worked with some babies where maybe it hasn't been comfortable for the babies. Uh, you know, sometimes there could be a birth injury or if the baby's born a little early or depending on the mom's anatomy. So there's um, other, uh, I'll actually send you a link to a post, Adriana, that has um, some photos of people doing different breastfeeding positions and it's got a little description in that post of them. Um, they all just, the basic principle is getting baby on deep onto the breast and in a way that's comfortable for both mom and baby. But I think if they have a few that they can try, uh, then if one's not working great, they can move to another and find the one that works for them. Yeah. And and it also depends on the situation. Like if you're at night, like lying down position might be very comfortable <laughs> because mm, you're in bed. Mm, or mm. there's if you are out and about, then you might not be able to do some laid back. You might have to do mm -hmm. just regular yeah. cradle holds. Or you can do, you know, if you have a cesarean incision, that cross what is it the football hold yeah <laughs> I love how they yeah. all have names <laughs> well and yes and and I always do like to tell moms that these are just ones that we've created right I, I think moms could come up with some even more creative positions that would work for them um, and they're not going to have to worry about these positions for long because pretty soon they're going to have the baby in the crook of their arm close to the breast baby will pop on themselves right this is just these early couple of weeks when you're really trying to learn to breastfeed and trying to make sure you get a deep latch. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And so, yeah, this, it's perfect timing right now because we have to take a break. And so we'll give a shout out to naturalbreastfeeding.com, which is our sponsor, which has beautiful videos of why of showing how to do that, that laid back breastfeeding, the natural breastfeeding um, that I love it because it really kicks in baby's instincts and they participate. So it, it seems easier sometimes for a baby to latch that way. Plus, because you're laying back, it goes deeper into the, the, the nipple can go deeper up into, you know, the gravity's helping bring baby into you. And also your shoulders don't hurt from hunching over. <laughs> so those are a few things why I love it so much. But let's take a break and then people can hear more about it. Hey, Mighty Mama, have you checked out Natural Breastfeeding's Quick Start video yet? No? Then what are you waiting for? Here are three reasons why you need to watch it. First, it was created by world-renowned breastfeeding experts Dr. Teresa Nesbitt and Nancy Moorbacher, two ladies that I truly admire, whom you may also remember from past podcast episodes. Second, I know that natural breastfeeding works since this is exactly what I teach my doula clients to get breastfeeding off to a fabulous start. And third, it's free. 
The quick start video is 38 minutes of solid information that will show you the simplest way to help a newborn latch, as well as the best way to produce enough milk for your baby. And they are not going to ask you to buy any additional stuff at the end. So if you're planning on breastfeeding or got started recently, then you need to watch it. Simply go to naturalbreastfeeding.com to learn more. And we're back. And we are talking about preparing for breastfeeding before baby arrives so that those first few days and weeks are easier. You get a heads up of what to expect. And I'm talking to Cindy Leclerc about it. Cindy, what other things? You, we were talking about positioning, right? Was mm -hmm. there something more that you wanted to add in terms of positioning or even the latch? No, I think that was those kind of cover the basics. Um, the fifth thing... That, and probably, I would say this is probably the most important thing. If people forget everything else, <laughs> I'd really like them to remember this fifth point. And that's about baby's voracious second day. Because, and the thing, the reason I feel really um, so convinced that people need to know about this is I see over and over that this kind of can trip up families and cause them a lot of stress. So I just want to explain a little bit about the first two or three days after a baby's born and kind of the baby's behavior and then explain kind of why it trips people up. So we talked about, you know, getting that baby skin to skin immediately at birth and babies, once they're born, they typically have this quiet alert stage where they're awake and they're kind of looking around, learning about their environment. And it's a great time to get that first feed like we talked about. And after they've kind of had, you know, an hour or so of this alert period, they go into more of a drowsy period, kind of recovery sleep for the next several hours. And, you know, parents might actually have to remind their babies to feed after that first uh, feed. And, you know, parents think, oh, I've got this great content baby. This is lovely. And then around about 24 hours, when their baby's about 24 hours old, everything changes and and for people who've given birth in a hospital they might be leaving around that time and then this formerly sleepy baby's kind of coming to and suddenly wanting to feed all the time and this really rapid shift makes parents think oh, oh what am I doing wrong baby used to be content now baby's wanting to feed all the time kind of being fussy or lots of times they call them gassy and and they worry and at this time Mom's breasts are still, they have colostrum, but they're pretty soft. And parents start worrying, uh-oh, I think I don't have enough milk for this baby because baby wants to feed. And people will say, my breasts were dry or I had nothing in them uh, because they maybe don't understand that there's colostrum there. So I see lots of formula being given at this time because parents want to do the best thing for their babies and are worried about this time. Um, so it causes a lot of anxiety, a lot of unnecessary formula supplementation. So if people, we just know that that's normal. And when I hear that that baby's, fuss, quote, fussy or gassy and wanting to feed often, I think, yay, that means baby's healthy. Baby's doing exactly what we expect. And that frequent nursing of putting baby back to the breast and back to the breast brings in that bigger volume of milk. It signals the body and everything goes well after that. Um, so we talked about that study about, you know, 92% of people thinking they had a breastfeeding problem. Well, actually almost half of those people, the problem that they thought they had was not enough milk. So I think just understanding that normal behavior will help 
people just to ease through the first couple of days with their baby just a little bit easier. I love it. And it is that. It's understanding the process that really what's going on is baby's fussy because she's upping the demand. So mm-hmm. she can up the supply. Body response, right? It's a communication between the two bodies. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, this is a hard time for partners too, right? Because they see their tired partner who's recovering from the birth and this baby who's wanting to feed. And, and we're often asked, you know, what do you think? Should I give a bottle? Like, I just want to give them a break, right? So I just would like to encourage the partners too, just that giving a bottle at this point isn't the best thing for mom and baby and for the breastfeeding. Because if we give formula in that bottle, then it can disrupt the uh, protection from illness that the colostrum, the first milk gives. Um, It can also uh, affect the mom's supply because like Adriana just said, that frequent nursing is telling the body to produce more milk. So if we're giving them a bottle and they sleep longer, it's kind of delaying that process. And also some of the babies get hooked on the fast flow from the bottle and then are going, whoa, what's this on the breast here? I I want that milk that's coming faster. Yeah. And I also like to remind my my doula clients and everybody in general, everybody should know this, and especially partners, that what comes around also that time, two to three days, you know, that the British call it the seven second hour depression. Um, which is hitting through day three, right? Mm-hmm. Where mom's hormones tend to topple. Mm-hmm. So it can be a very emotional time that having baby be fussier and her feeling that oh, milk's not coming in quick enough and also feeling very emotional and sad about it and happy and, and being mm-hmm. usually sent home, it can be a little bit of a mini nightmare that day, right? Yeah. yeah. So have parents, instead of saying, oh, let me just take it all away and fix it, know that the long-term way that they can really help fix it, you know, help breastfeeding is by what you're saying, remind, you know, help support the, the moment and help support mom getting baby to the breast more often and remind her that, hey, this is what's going on. It's totally normal. It's your baby upping the supply, hormones coming at, you know, toppling, all the, just remembering what's going on can so huge. Yeah. And I think once again, just thinking again about the environment, um, in the city I'm in, it's very multicultural and there's a lot of people that have immigrated just within the last few years. And some of those countries are so wonderful. When the moms tell me what would have happened in their home country, the aunties and the grandmas, uh, many women would have surrounded her and her job would be to rest and to feed the baby. And I think that is so important because then that can, they'll still go through those same emotions, but maybe not to the same degree as if they feel like uh, they need to be entertaining people, they need to be cooking for their family or whatever. Yeah, and it's so important to honor the recovery. I think we forget that a lot. We think, oh, I should just bounce back. Because all the actresses are doing it, (laughs) when in fact, not so much. Well, and I think we're all pretty good about putting on a public face of how things are. And then there's the reality about what's happening in our homes. So, 
Yeah. Yeah. We need to share this more. It's not pretty, people. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you can get you can get past it and get through it and, and have a successful relationship. Yeah, absolutely. It's just it's a natural part of what you're going to go through. And I think knowing it's natural and it's time limited is also going to help you get through it. Absolutely. It's going to pass. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, all so much great great recommendations, Cindy. What it brings us to the end of our list. What's the last thing? Okay, number six is hand expression. And I had one, uh, one dad uh, wonder if that was baby sign language. But no, <laughs> by hand expression, I just mean knowing how to um, express some milk from your breast. I think that's a really important skill for moms to know before they even have their babies, because it's going to be Through your whole time of breastfeeding, it's going to be a skill you can use. And if you know how to get out a few drops of milk, if your baby's kind of sleepy and you're wanting to entice your baby to feed, sometimes expressing some milk um, and just having a few drops of milk on your nipple will help the baby uh, latch a little more readily. Um, Maybe when that fullness of milk comes in around maybe three days after birth, some women get a little overly full and knowing how to hand express, you can soften the breast just a little bit so that baby can get on more easily. Or if at any time you have to be separated from your baby or you need to express a little milk because you're away from your baby, hand expression can be a great way to do that. And actually I'll I'll give you a link, um, Adriana, to um, a post and a little video just showing it's, it's pretty simple how to do it. It is a skill that you kind of learn and have to figure out maybe where to put your fingers so if it doesn't work immediately you can just keep on practicing it but I think that is something that women will find extremely useful throughout their breastfeeding journey yeah and I really love hand expression and I I think it can be hard for for moms for for pregnant women um pregnant people to even consider how am I going to do this and even practice beforehand because we, I don't know, I I remember having a personal disconnect with, I am. I was all about, yes, I'm going to pump and that's going to be fantastic. I've, I've got my super duper pump and this is what, but I didn't think that hand expressing was, like it was not a serious, like what, how much could you really express and what was the point of it? And it was the whole, it, it made me feel more like a quote unquote, a cow, you know, like you would, <laughs> you hand express goats, right? Of have that thing of me touching, because we're not used to considering and touching our breasts in that way. Oh, no, see, that's interesting, because I've had many people say that the pump made them feel like a cow. Well, when you have the two pumps going on at the same time, yes, there's that feeling. But but I guess we're so into technology. And Mm -hmm. and now my mindset is much more different than 11 years ago. But, um, you you know, the technology and we think about big agriculture and cows go in and they have this effective machine that goes and 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 suctions as opposed to more of the the goat farmer of doing a hand the small you know just have my goat and I'm gonna express some milk and there was some of that resonating in my mind and I don't know if it's just me maybe it's just me (laughs) well that that's very interesting and I do always think when we talk about this with our expectant moms I I do they're too polite to tell me it but I do wonder if they're kind of rolling their eyes at us (laughs) but but I do think 
two, the childbearing population is much more into natural and organic things. There's nothing more natural, really, than using your own hands to express your milk. So it'll, it's an interesting thought. And if people actually kind of wanted to practice the technique, you know what I think? You could just blow up a balloon, not, not too full, and you could just actually practice with a balloon, you know, where you tie it off. That could be the nipple, and you could just feel what the motion would feel like. Yeah. And I, obviously now I'm a huge proponent of hand expressing and, and, you know, completely different mind frame and understand how it can be really helpful. And I think relating that to moms, it's really important that they can be a good tool, but also, and we'll link definitely on the show notes, um, the, the link to the video so that they can see it because, you tend to think about, huh, I'm just going to pull on this nipple. But again, it's not about the nipple. And you don't want to damage that right. skin. You want to get behind the glands. Mm-hmm. Um, which, is, which is actually maybe a good thing to see because you could see why it doesn't work particularly well for a baby to breastfeed only on the nipple. Kind of same idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the analogies that I like to use, and, and I don't know, I'd love to get your opinion on this, see how you... How you how you um what you think about it but uh you know like something that most of us has have done is use decorate cake decorating we've done some piping with Mm -hmm. the bag and the tip right and that we put all the frosting in the bag and then we come from behind and squeeze to get that frosting out love it very true you don't squeeze down by the tip Right. So I think having that in mind can be helpful also for, for hand expressing of you're not trying to get the pull the milk out or the colostrum out. You're trying to p- sort of push it from behind, squeeze it out. Love it. Love Yay. it. Um, and it can be, you mentioned two great reasons or three great reasons to do it. I also like it for um, the, t- the times that I've been more involved in it is if a mom has a cesarean and is not feeling feeling kind of groggy and not completely there um, after in the recovery or the baby has some separation be, be, because of NICU, we mm-hmm. talk about it beforehand and, um, you know, have her do it or have her partner help and hand express onto a teaspoon. Lovely. And then take that te- teaspoon to baby. Mm-hmm. So getting, you know, the... if. If breastfeeding doesn't happen directly on the nipple, you know, A to B, you can take, (laughs) have A to B connect through that spoon as mom and baby kind of are going through their process of being more aware and awake. But you can still have that, that stimulation happen earlier on. Great point. And also it's been, and, and I think this might be related to the same video and study that you, the one that I've looked at is by Jane Morton, um, and where it was the benefit of hand expressing in mm-hmm. conjunction with breastfeeding yes. or pumping for preemies, which up the supply, I think it was between 45 and 70%, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think in that video, it shows um, another per person actually doing the squeezing but really the mom if she's pumping one-handed could actually do that compression herself she wouldn't you know some people might not be too excited about somebody else touching their breast but the mom herself (laughs) could do that yeah 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 absolutely fantastic I you know we just zoomed through this list 
It's it's a beautiful. I love your list. It's so <laughs> concise and to the to the six points. Is there anything else you wanted to add? A little bonus or something that we forgot to talk about? Hmm. Well, you know, I could stay on here for about two hours. There's so much that I'd love to share with other moms, but I, I think that that's sort of the most important things. You know, really uh, thinking about. You know, even if you're feel like you're fumbling a little bit at the beginning. It doesn't mean your breastfeeding is doomed, right? It takes some time to learn. You know, getting skin to skin going as as soon as you can. It's pleasurable for moms, and it helps babies learn to breastfeed. And then just knowing that if you're having, if it's painful, seek some help. Tenderness is normal, but pain means something's not quite right. Um, knowing a little bit about some of the positions that that uh, you could be in to be comfortable. Um, knowing that you're baby's going to feed lots on that second day and that that's okay that's normal and again you're going to get through it and then knowing hand expression for all the reasons that you just mentioned I think that's kind of the most important things to know Mm -hmm. bite size just keeping it simple Mm -hmm. and if they want to know more you also have an incredible amount of resources on your website tell us about that how can listeners connect with you or find them out but find out more about what you do um cindy yep so we'd love for you to visit us at cindyandjana.com so it's c-i-n-d-y-a-n-d-j-a-n-e j-a-n-a pardon me dot com and yeah we have a lot about breastfeeding and newborn care and just getting through just in that time of adjustment with babies we also um you know you can have a look at what we share on twitter and pinterest and facebook we honestly read every post before we share it because we know it's tough for people to find information they they can trust so we read through every post to make sure that the information is good for people that they can trust what's there Mm. thank you so so much for being here today it's been lovely talking to you cindy well it's been so wonderful talking to you thanks for the opportunity Mighty Mamas and Mighty Dads, I love to hear from you. So share with me your thoughts. And if there's a certain topic you'd like to know more about, let me know. Go to birthful.com where you can learn more about me, the show, Patreon member benefits, and send me messages and more. I'm also on Facebook or Twitter as at Birthful. So come say hi. And if you're pregnant, don't forget to grab my Birth Partners Ultimate Labor Support Toolkit at birthful.com slash toolkit. This episode was produced by me and made possible by you, the Patreon member supporters, and by the wonderful people at naturalbreastfeeding.com. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin McLeod, and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Zabriskie. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. I'm Adriana Lozada. Please join me next week when I'll be talking to another maternity pro to inform your intuition here at the Birthful Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, Adriana here. I wanted to let you know that starting this week, we'll be going back to our older format of one episode per week so that we can start easing into the summer and you can have more time catching up and going through our fabulous birthful library. Happy listening.